evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here with Randy Hall, who is already laughing at me for something. I don't know what. Randy, how are you, dude? Uh, I'm doing good. It's you, you took forever to get that one out. It's like a you, you took a huge breath before you said it. So yeah, this wasn't right. ready. We'll for cut it. that. We'll cut that. I, well, I figured, but that's why I was laughing. <laughs> um, the full five seconds of breathing in. Yeah. Um. So we're we're here with another fucking mock draft, which is just very awesome. We're on our our two point uh, I feel like we're a little early compared to last year, don't you? Like, I feel like we haven't hadn't done a mock draft yet. Um, uh, probably, but I think we like dwelled on the last season of fantasy longer last year. Very uh, true. Where yeah. we were more excited to get into the off season. <laughs> That's yeah, that is that is accurate. So we are here. We're going to do a mock draft. But first, uh, you know, the normal the normal plugs. I dropped my Justin Fields QB one article today. Uh, go check that out at the cut dot com. Gotten a lot of hate for it, but also gotten a lot of praise for it. So, um, you know, it, it balances out. I think I expected a lot more hate. So tell me that I'm stupid. I'm cool with it. Um, I did it. I I'm not like I'm not gonna brag about the article. I am gonna say I put a ton of time into it, and I'm very very proud of it. Especially because there's probably maybe like a handful of people that have Justin Fields as their quarterback one. So putting it on paper is it's a little scary to be honest, but uh, I'm rolling with it. So go check it out. Like I said, it'll be the first article on the cutffb.com. Uh, but the second article on there should be the Diami Brown prospect profile. From why do I even try FF? Uh, his name is Ryan. I don't know why I keep calling him. He switched his his name on Twitter, so I should well, just call him Ryan still, from now on. That's still his handle. So. It is, yeah. Uh, but he has an awesome Diami Brown breakdown. We are gonna touch on him a little bit later, not to spoil anything. But uh, I did tweet out last night that uh, Diami Brown truthers should listen to this episode. We will talk about him later. Uh, if you missed our show earlier this week with Eric Crocker from the Crocker Report, go check that out. One of my favorite interviews uh, that I've been a part of on this show. So uh, I, we got a lot of praise from it. A lot of people really, really enjoyed last episode. So go check that out if you haven't already. And then lastly, uh, the Friday Fix is back this week. We will take a hiatus next week of some sort. We won't be live. Yeah. Um, but we'll try to get you a Friday fix. But we are back this week. Go vote uh, on. We have a poll on our Twitter, which is at the cut FFB. Um, so follow us there and then vote on the poll. And we will get to whatever team you want us to get to. Who's leading right now, Randy? You t- it's actually it's actually a tie between the, the new additions of the week, Bengals, and the third place team from last week, the Patriots. The second place team, the Eagles, are last place somehow. I don't. Whatever. I, I don't know what happened. That's very odd. Very, yeah. very odd. So we will be doing that uh, tomorrow. But uh, first, I do want to, before we get into the mock draft, last, last couple of things. Um, Tom Brady got absolutely shit-faced today. He was throwing the freaking Lombardi around. Uh, he could not get off his boat because they did their little boat parade today. Um, 
Randy, what do you think of Tom Brady just getting absolutely shit faced? Fucking love it, dude. <laughs> what is he gonna? He literally is like, I won one without Bill. I'm on seven. Fuck everything. I'm back next year. Let's just get fucking hammered. And he said shit like that. And Gronk was like, Oh, great. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> so they did, I'm sure they've been going absolutely nuts since Sunday and good for them. And yeah. you know, it, and he, Brady has his famous like speed chug. I'm sure he was requested and forced to do that a few times. So, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know who's forcing Tom Brady to do that, but I'm sure he was Gronk. Gronk, yeah, yeah, that's probably Gr- fair. Gronk's pretty much the only person. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, um, I know Leonard Fournette was tweeting that he he must be seeing things because he thought Jason Pierre Paul had all of his fingers. He tweeted that out. I thought that was fucking hilarious. So. It's fucking so uh, good. <laughs> so they definitely had a, had a good time celebrating their, their Super Bowl win, um, which means so this is the first mock we've done where the draft order is finalized, dude. That's exciting. Yeah, Didn't even exactly. realize that. Um, so thank God. the Bucks will be picking 32nd. We are not going to start there, but let's get into our mock draft. I am on the clock. Uh, so last time Randy took the first overall pick because he was worried that I would take Justin Fields uh, because he is my quarterback one. Now yep. he has allowed me to be on the clock. Uh, I think some of the things I've said have, have eased Randy's mind because I am going with Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. He makes the most sense for Urban Meyer's offense. Um, well, perceived offense, what we kind of project the offense to be. Trevor Lawrence fits basically everything that we think Urban's going to want to do. So. Uh, I also think it's an optics thing. I, I don't know that they can really go another way, and if they do, I think they'll get killed. But yeah, so Trevor Lawrence is the pick. I don't, I don't have too much hard hitting analysis for this one. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, for the next one, we actually did fixing the Jets last week on Friday. Uh, your side of the of the fix was to take Justin Fields. Mine was actually. The other way, because the Jets fan base is 50-50 for sure about sticking with Darnold for one more year and building around him. Uh, and then you have a better team if you get a new quarterback the next year. I get it. I went your route with Justin Fields. Uh, I think a little bit later in this draft, and this, this is actually a draft with trade, so our first one of the offseason with that, uh, a draft a little bit down the, or trade a little bit down the board kind of ruins their trade value here and how far they'd probably want to go back. So I'm going to stick with Justin Fields to be the future of the Jets, and they're going to have to build off of that and get a little bit more weapons uh, to keep improving with Salah. Do we want to give away the Darnold now? Yeah, because we won't talk about it at all. Yeah, so we decided, because we had to trade everyone to make this actually work, uh, we had the football team trade for Darnold, uh, their second round pick this year and their second next year. I know the Jets are requesting right now. They're looking for a uh, late first. So two seconds is at least close to or over that value. So I think they'll end up taking it because there won't be an enormous market for Darnold. Um, and they probably won't trade him until after this, honestly. After the draft, but we just wanted to get it over with here so you understood why Washington wasn't picking or trading up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and honestly, we actually kind of broke it down to the two best, most likely people after everything for a trade. 
and it came between the Patriots and Washington. And we went with the other team with the worst picks because it's not the same fucking division. <laughs> so I don't, there's no right. way they're trading them to the Patriots. So, yeah, I don't think the Jets and Bill Belichick will ever make a trade. I mean, even if the only way you would do that is if you thought Dartle was an absolute dumpster fire that was unfixable. So, <laughs> which they don't. So they would yeah. never trade him to the Patriots. Yeah, very true. Um, so I guess I should have let off with this mock has traits. Uh, we're we're yeah. getting a little different. Uh, obviously, didn't mention that at the top. We haven't had a trade just yet other than the Sam Darnold trade that really didn't impact this pick. Well, it impacted it, but you get the point. Um, so you will hear us talk through some trades. So that's that's the exciting part of this one. So Dolphins are on the clock now. They get this pick from the Houston Texans. The popular pick is to go Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell. Uh, I just can't see the Dolphins selecting receiver at three. Uh, there's a, a few reasons for that. Uh, number one is that this receiver class is really deep, in my opinion. It is filled with a lot of guys that might be considered outliers to some. I mean, even two of the guys that I just mentioned would be considered outliers if they hit. But I think because of the depth and because the Dolphins do have uh, two first-round picks, I think they go with a tackle here. And I'm going to take the best tackle on the board in Panay Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon who hasn't played football in a year and a half. He uh, he sent draft Twitter in a tizzy today because someone said that Alex Leatherwood is in the same tier as Sewell. Not the take for me, but I respect their process. So uh, I don't know why everyone gets so mad about things, but I am not taking Alex Leatherwood here. I'm going to take Panay Sewell. So. Yeah, it's a great pick. He should be in discussion with those uh, wide receivers for this pick, no matter what. He's an incredible talent. They really need either a tackle or a guard. Either way, you pick Panay Sewell. Either Jackson fucks off to the right side, Panay Sewell starts at the right side, Hunt goes to the right guard, Panay can even go to the right guard if you really feel like it. Either way, he solidifies their line, in my opinion, and I think it's a great pick. So, Yep. And uh, this is actually going to be your team, but I was picking for the Falcons, and I got a trade over for, from Christian, and that was... Yeah, so the Indianapolis Colts are going to need a quarterback. They're not going into next season with Jacob Eason, so I think they are a prime trade-up candidate. I think that the we were talking through like what their views of Carson Wentz were and why they don't want to offer a ton for that. Uh, I think they will sell the farm if they have a quarterback that they like and that falls in this range. So I offered Randy the 2021 first, which is pick... 21, uh, 2022 first, uh, 2022 second, and this year's third round pick uh, to move up. And Randy, you accepted, correct? I accepted, yeah. There, there's a possibility of the Falcons sitting back like a fifth or something in this scenario, but we just yeah. left it at this. Obviously, this is kind of a best guess. No one truly knows. I mean, this is along the levels of... The Rams trading up for golf about the same distance around there, but that was for the first overall pick to jump everyone. Uh, the fourth pick only jumps some people, so it, it is a lot still, though. And yeah, 
And it's also trading up to get the third best quarterback, uh, in my opinion, the fourth best quarterback, but in the NFL's opinion, potentially the second best quarterback in Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU. Um, yeah, I think he's one of the more polarizing prospects. I was I was diving into some some stats and I tweeted about him, but uh, Zach Wilson actually faced pressure at a lower rate than I believe everyone in the this top end discussion, including Mac Jones, who had what three three at least draftable guys at the very least. I think Dickerson's a fringe first rounder. Leatherwood's the same way. Zach Wilson at BYU had the same kind of protection. And when he was faced with pressure, he wasn't very good. Uh, and he also creates his own pressure. So um, there there are a lot of concerns, but I think teams are going to fall in love with that arm talent, and that's the reason why you've heard him in the QB2 discussion. Um, so, yeah, the Colts go get their franchise guy. Yeah, and they got to keep their second-round pick this year to either – Fix the right tackle position, I believe, right? Left tackle. Left tackle there. position, sorry. Or get an offensive weapon as in wide receiver. So I think they're still at a great chance to upgrade their offense. And they're looking good mm-hmm. for the future because that team's kind of scary. I mean, they're losing yeah. a lot of picks here, but they're getting a, a boost at QB, in my opinion, over Rivers, except maybe the last game of his career. <laughs> and he wasn't last- even that good. I know, but it was his best game in two years, probably. So, <laughs> yeah, it really so you're, was. You're actually back at the clock because you're the Bengals. So, sure am. And there will be various times that Randy has three picks in a row because we we did these types of trades. Uh, this is, I think, my only one. But uh, all right, so the Bengals are on the clock. Uh, the popular pick here would be Rashawn Slater or uh, Jamar Chase. I think the Jamar Chase ties to Joe Burrow do make some sense. I think that the Bengals' offensive line is bad, uh, but there are workable pieces there. Uh, Where there aren't really workable pieces, assuming that they lose William Jackson, or even if they get him back, they still have a need, uh, corner. Their their secondary is not good, guys. I know because I, I watched a lot of Bengals games. I'm located in Columbus, Ohio, and I got some of the Bengals games this year. So their their secondary is bad. Um, insert Patrick Sertain from Alabama, and I think you have a chance to drastically improve that secondary very quickly, especially if you get William Jackson back. I think the Bengals, they do have needs at the offensive line. They do have needs... They they don't really have a need of receiver, to be honest. I think Kyle Pitts makes some sense too, but I think corner is the most pressing need for this team. So I went with Sertain. Yeah, and we all know there's going to be tackles at the start of that second round. Um, it might be a little bit less, depending on how the draft plays out at the very end there, but there's going to be someone that they could draft, in my opinion. Wide receiver rise, honestly, they can get one in the third round, uh, maybe even the fourth or fifth. There's a ton of people, and they would really. They really have their starting two, and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. You kind of only need to bolster that room, in my opinion, so they can wait to do that. I do think, a, like, I, I think Jamar Chase makes a ton of sense for them. It does. But getting quite possibly the best quarter in the draft is probably better. <laughs> but yes. uh, Eagles here at six, they should look to move back to help rebuild, in my opinion. I've done a ton of mocks for them because I thought they were going to be our Friday fix. <laughs> Did a ton of three-odd mocks. A lot of the time I traded down. The other time, 
I picked this guy, but the Colts moving up hurts them. It hurts their trade value here. Uh, there's really only one or two teams they would trade with, and the value just starts to shrink. Might as well get the guy that's the best receiver in the class, in my opinion. That's Jamar Chase. You fix your receiver room pretty much right there. Uh, you're going to need to restructure Alshon Jeffrey and probably cut him because of the restructure. Hopefully, Rager can actually play this year. You're going to get rid of Deshaun Jackson. So you're going into the season right now with Rager, Fulgham. If someone wants to put any kind of offer at Greg Ward, you're not going to be able to match it. So you're losing a lot of pieces there. You get the best receiver of the class. It fixes a lot of the problems. <laughs> it does. I think, too, it's in our scenario, this is Jalen Hurts throwing to him. Yes. I think, I think Jalen Hurts needs a guy that can go win contested catch situations. Exactly. So. Uh, speaking of guys who can win contested catch situations kind of in a different yeah. way, not with physicality. Uh, so the Detroit Lions are on the, the clock at pick seven, and I have them taking Devontae Smith. Uh, I have them taking Devontae Smith over Jalen Waddle. I don't have it ranked that way. I don't even have these guys as my next off the off my board, but I do think that there are going to be teams that get enamored with the Heisman wide receiver that was just ultra productive in the SEC. And he outproduced two guys that were picked in the top 15 last year. So I, I also think he fits Jared Goff better than the other ones, maybe Waddle, but I think he fits Goff better than Bateman. Cause what, I mean, Goff's best targets the last years has been Robert Woods and Cooper cup, more slot guys that win quickly without physicality they just get open that's Devonta smith they already have their tight end in place so i think it's a great pick yeah yeah and and with Devonte smith too um i think he i i i don't know what where he projects is he a slot is he gonna be an outside receiver i don't know i know that the lions have no one fucking else like no yeah they don't <laughs> they're they're receiver Quintus room Cephas. right now. Yeah, it starts with Quintus Sevis and pretty much stops there. So it's they're gross. gonna need to draft at least two receivers this draft. Yeah, so why not three. fix get the best one possibly available at seven? So I'm on the clock next with the Panthers. Oh wait, uh <laughs> there was a trade here, and it's not somebody that has the first round pick. I just wanted to see in this scenario. I'm having them trade for Deshaun fucking Watson. Uh, they're trading what I have put down as a metric dick ton, uh, but it's worth it. They're trading. What are you doing? They're trading the eighth pick, obviously. Mm-hmm. What do you? Why'd you trade? Why'd you change that? Because <laughs> I was reading it backwards. Just yeah. Okay. Continue. So they're trading the eighth pick. They're trading their next year first, and then they're trading the 2024 first. Uh, to give them a little bit of a break, and it obviously the Texans are going to be in full rebuild now. So getting the first down the line to an average to good team that hopefully by that point has fixed their situation, which who knows. Uh, they also are getting a next year second, Teddy Bridgewater, to be their quarterback, possibly for this year, and a fifth-round pick. They're getting a, a fifth-round pick this year. So they're getting... Only two picks this year and a quarterback back, but they have a good amount of 
picks after day one. And they could probably and will probably trade back as well as possibly trade JJ Watt for another pick like that. So this is all trying. You're you're basically tanking this year yeah. <laughs> and seeing what you get at the quarterback position. And you're trying to rebuild past them because your cap situation's dicked. Everything's dicked. We're starting fresh. They have Teddy Bridgewater and this pick, and they're taking Trey Lance because they're figuring out their next quarterback regardless. I think Teddy starts for most of the season. I think Trey Lance, while I do have a lot of faith in him, probably should sit the whole year, if not at least half the year, a la Tua. Uh, this is a great situation for him. They get a quarterback for the future, quarterback for now, and a lot of picks starting this year and the future. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to some Panthers fans today about what they want. Um a lot of them are cool with either riding with Teddy or just waiting to see if a quarterback falls to them at eight. In this yeah. scenario, the I, quarterback I will, does fall. I will say the quarterback does fall, but I would have them. This is a not draft day trade. Okay. In my opinion, I, I think they're trading for Watson before. I don't think they're going into draft day like, you know what? Our last chance at eight. Let's see. No, they're, <laughs> they're, right. they're going to have their plan made up a week before. That's how it usually works, and then they're going to fluctuate past that because they're either going to trade up, most likely, at eight to get a quarterback, to get the quarterback they want, or they're getting Watson or someone else. And we've already seen that they were very willing to get Stafford. I think they're obviously going to be super willing to get Deshaun Watson. And I think it's a place that Deshaun obviously would want to go. It's, I mean, it's a city close to where he went to college. It's a town that will idolize him. He already has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, no good tight end, but he's got Christian fucking McCaffrey. So I, yeah. I, I think he clearly waves that no trade clause and this works out great. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in on it. Uh, at number nine, the Denver Broncos are staying here with this pick. They cut AJ Bouye today which means that, well, they, they needed a corner even with A.J. Bouye on the roster, but they saved some cap in doing so. So I'm having them select Caleb Farley, the corner out of Virginia Tech. Uh, we did talk with Croc about that on the last episode, about some of his like concerns with Farley. Uh, he did talk him up. He's, he's one of the more athletic dudes, um, and, and I think he's also one of the more physical dudes. So he definitely fits what the Broncos are going to be trying to do which is emulate their their Super Bowl teams. So uh, I think Farley makes some sense at number nine. I do think the Broncos have a quarterback need, but all four are gone, and they're not taking Mac Jones to replace Drew Locke because Drew Locke's probably better than Mac Jones. So Yeah, well, and they believe in Drew Locke still, clearly, because they refuse to give him up for Stafford because they want him for the future. So, I mean, yeah. replacing the already or cutting ties with Bouye, they need corner help bad. So, yeah. But you fucked me over with the Cowboys in a sense. <laughs> the top two cornerbacks are gone. But who gives a shit? I am going to try and fix this offensive line. I'm getting the second best tackle, who also is the best guard. I'm taking Rashad Slater out of Northwestern here. I think this is a perfect fit. I think they're going into this draft at 10 without moving with the two starting corners on their board, followed by Slater. Then possibly Quiddy Pay at Edge. Yeah. 
And then you could go luxury pick and Kyle Pitts, maybe. But Slater's here, so you're taking Slater. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on board with that. Uh, number 11, their division rivals, the New York football giants, are in need of a, a, quite a few things on their offense. Their offense uh, became fairly anemic last year. Obviously, they lost Saquon Barkley. Uh, Darius Slayton underperformed, I would say regressed back to his college days. Uh, Sterling Shepard, really, he he stayed on the field, but he was just just a guy. What they need is a dynamic playmaker for Daniel Jones so we can actually see if Daniel Jones is good. Spoiler alert, I don't think he's very good. Uh, but like I said, they're not gonna they're not gonna pick Mac Jones to replace Daniel Jones because that doesn't make much sense. Daniel Jones is probably better than Mac Jones right now. So um, I'm having them select Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama, who just brings a new level to this offense. I know he does a lot of what Darius Slayton does, but I think he does it a lot better, and he's also a little more versatile, uh, super yeah. physical downfield. Uh, can definitely win at the catch point, which that's something that Daniel Jones desperately needs. Uh, and just a good, reliable, deep threat. They Slayton has been inconsistent. Evan Ingram is consistent. I know some people want Kyle Pitts here, uh, but I, I'm going to go with the speed for the Giants. I'm with it. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to keep going. Uh, I do agree. He's kind of like a mixture of all their receivers, uh, but probably better than all of them. He will take away some of the deep shots from Slayton, but Slayton can still stay on the outside. Waddle is clearly able to be a slot guy as well. Uh, this probably allows you to move on from Golden Tate, get rid of that money, uh, but you still keep Shepard, let him not develop, clearly. Uh, there's a chance yeah. to get Kyle Pitts here and move on from Everett Ingram. I think you might as well keep him for another year and figure it out. Uh, they're in a weird spot. Uh, there's a couple teams like that where you're you're not ready for the big time of the playoffs, but you're not quite awful. So <laughs> hopefully Daniel Jones, hopefully for them, Daniel Jones can uh, become more than just a, a running quarterback for fantasy. <laughs> but I doubt it. But their division sucks fucking ass. Then again, I will say Dak, if he's back as a cowboy, uh, they they are the lead favorites yet again. So Yeah, as long as Dak's back. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving to 12, a team that would love Dak. Uh, <laughs> the quarterback situation here is fucked for the 49ers. They're apparently in talks to possibly get Kirk Cousins. There's other guys out there. They could take like a shot. At, they could take a shot on a guy like James Winston and a little bit overpay for him in comparison to the Saints who can barely pay for him. Um, <laughs> but it would make a lot of sense uh, because he is everything that Jimmy G is not. Uh, he he's a guy that will take shots and will throw be will be able to throw for all those yards, but in a Shanahan offense that will allow him to not have to make all those live or die throws, and they'll be able to run the ball. I think he fits there great. I think it's either him or Jimmy G, or possibly Kirk Cousins, but I don't see it as an upgrade. From Jimmy G a ton. I mean, it is, but it's not. And that offense isn't really, uh, you know. So I have them. The two corners are gone. JC Horn's good. He could go here. I'm going the best edge on the board for me. That's not just all traits. 
even though he kind of is. I'm going Quiddy Pay, edge out of Michigan. I think it works well with them. They're losing Solomon Thomas. They're going to need another edge. They, if they're losing that many corners, they need to make sure their front four is still dominant so they can win there and make up for the lack of top-level talent in the secondary. They're pretty much two guys deep right now, and that's one safety, one corner, I believe. So they're going to need something like this. You get Quiddy Pay, he can develop alongside Nick Bosa. You have a good front four. You have a good linebacking core, the best linebacker probably in Fred Warner. So <laughs> you can make up for the lack at corner. You're going to need to draft a corner in the second round, almost likely, probably yeah. in the fourth or third as well. <laughs> you, also, you also probably need an offensive lineman, but Quiddy Pay is the best pick here. Yeah. He has a good value. I mean, I don't. I don't love Quiddy Pay. He's not my not my first edge rusher, but I do I see the the reason why me, people. <laughs> I I see the reason why people like him. I mean, I I see the reason why the NFL is going to like him for sure. Yeah. I do think that his size is going to uh, probably drop him down some NFL teams boards uh, that have an old line of thinking, but possibly. I mean, but he's the edge two for San Francisco, so. Yeah, very it true. It won't matter as much. Very true. All right, so number 13, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Hunter Henry is a free agent. I know they committed a lot of money and tagged him last year, so you would assume that they still want to keep him. Uh, but you would assume that if they had the same same coach and, and same uh, system being worked in. That's not the case. The Chargers, they have some weapons uh, but I think Mike Williams is a cut candidate. I think that they're going to be looking to upgrade their uh, receiving room and probably their tight end room when Hunter Henry chooses to sign elsewhere. So I am having them select Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Kyle Pitts, I, I mean, we know how much I love Kyle Pitts. I've talked about it on the show. I've written about it. Uh, I think he's one of the best, if not the best, tight end prospect that i've scouted i know people throw vernon davis's name out there i i was not doing this back when vernon davis came out so uh kyle pitts i think he's an immediate impact player i think the chargers would actually probably use him correctly uh so this would excite me for for fantasy purposes but also i mean he's not a great blocker and the chargers definitely need offensive line and a lot of the guys are still there however I think it's more a case of BPA at this point. And Kyle Pitts can't really get past 13 to 15, probably for me. So it'd be tough. (laughs) Yeah. And if he somehow gets past 15, I think 16 takes him. So fair. Uh, I'm with you. Um, Obviously, this is clearly dependent on Hunter Henry. But yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. 14, kind of the same issue. They could use a guard more than a tackle, but whatever uh they might be in the qb market who knows but they are for sure in the d tackle market and the best one in the draft is christian barrymore bar none so i'm taking him here at 14 i think he's a middle of the round talent so him going to 14 is perfect it's a good fit to try and rebuild what the vikings once had on defense uh their offense is looking better so let's try and fix the defense slightly yeah. What's crazy is Quinn and Williams was almost 
an identical prospect to Barmore. He was probably a little more refined. He was obviously a little bigger. Uh, he was also better in run support. However, uh, it's really interesting that an Alabama tackle that is very, very traits-based, and you definitely have to project him um, quite a bit at the next level, is viewed so much differently from, what, three years ago? Two year, three, yeah, three drafts ago was the Quinn Williams draft. So, um, yeah, I think Barmore has has the opportunity to be a uh, a dominant pass rushing defensive tackle. So, awesome pick for the Vikings. Sure. At fifteen, the New England Patriots. We tossed around the idea of a trade back here. Unfortunately, because we solved a lot of quarterback problems early on, uh, and we'll get to some more. Uh, trades here in a little bit that make a little more sense the Patriots I, I have them sticking here at this pick and it's it's a tough pick to make because I do think that they have a needed quarterback but I don't think that Mac Jones is really going to be the guy for them at 15 um, I think they have a need basically everywhere uh, there, there's not a lot of good things the, the need a wide receiver and, and the need for a pass catcher is definitely glaring however uh, they're going to be losing Joe Tooney, I would assume, to free agency. So I am having them take what I view as the best guard in this draft in Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC. You also get a guy who's very, very versatile and can swing over to a tackle position if you need him to. I think that's definitely a Patriots mold pick. Uh, and so I'm rolling with it. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. Um... The value at wide receiver might not be there. Kyle Pitts is gone. Barrymore, I think, fits them well. They don't necessarily need a corner. It's It starts to drop. There's not a lot on the list for him. <laughs> I think it probably would have been between him and maybe Wusa Koromoa for me. Yeah. If that, you know, it's it's a weird position for them. Uh, and in this case, I don't know who their quarterback is. So. <laughs> Uh, it's really strange. It's really hard. Maybe they give Stidham a full shot. I would love it. Uh, speaking as a guy that owns shit instead of a dynasty leagues, but <laughs> I doubt it. We'll see what goes on. But moving on to 16, the last one before an ad break here. This is actually kind of hard for the Cardinals. They kind of had everything fall for them except Kyle Pitts. Um, they need edge, they need corner, they could use a tackle. They're all kind of there. I actually, I'm just going to go with J.C. Horde out of South Carolina, the corner. Third best corner to me. He fits what they need because of Patrick Peterson leaving. They have a good safety. They have a couple good younger corners. Let's get another one in the room. Um, I think Edge would work here well because they're losing some pieces there too. But let's just try our best to ease the loss of Patrick Peterson. And let's go J.C. Horde. Yeah, I am full send on this i think horn definitely fits to uh Easy. what they want to do um <clears throat> i do think ojalari is a pretty big shout here i think that he fits what they need out of an edge rusher but i also yeah. think i like I'm probably rousseau. higher on yeah i like rousseau better than him but i think ojalari fits their scheme better yeah but Pro- probably yeah fair. let's because there's questions of who they would like We'll go the quarter. We know they'll like that. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Uh, All right. Uh, Before we get to the 17th pick where the Las Vegas Raiders are selecting, uh, we do want to talk to you about Dynasty Trade Calculator. 
If you go to the link in our bio, uh, you will just be taken to this awesome site that has a trade calculator. It has rankings. It has everything. Um, probably the best trade calculator, not just a. No, no, probably. The, it, yeah. They're definitely the best trade calculator. Uh, we've we've definitely used it. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm one that doesn't always use Dynasty trade calculators. I kind of just value my players a certain way it, but i also if i'm gonna go to a trade calculator i'm i'm gonna go to this one because uh it definitely definitely reinforces what i'm trying to do and how i you you can customize it to where like um what's the one toggle where you can like make picks a little more valuable and yeah, it's like a future pick valuation rookie valuation um you can also i believe you could also say like what kind of team you are like attending wise and all everything. I, I know you've had this. I've had it all. I have it every year, especially now. Everyone always asks where I should send them for a trade calculator. I always say Dynasty trade calculator is the best. You're going to have to pay for it. It's not a lot. It's actually pretty cheap, but mm-hmm. it's by far the best. There's some cheap wood. There's some free woods that are decent, but they don't get updated a lot. This gets updated every week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're always working to give you the best information possible. Yeah, they're the best. And then we'd uh, be remiss if we didn't mention mugs fly together. Uh, <clears throat> the time is now to. Uh, well, you're probably not going to get it now, but uh, for Valentine's Day, if you want to get your significant other a mug, uh, now is the time to do it. Mugs fly together has a ton of great designs for their mugs. Uh, they have a ton of different sports. Go check them out. Link is also in the description. All right, the number 17 overall pick. Uh, Act excited. Come on, <laughs> for the Raiders. It, well, here's the thing. So with the 17th overall pick, the Raiders have quite a few needs, obviously most of them on defense. Uh, there are some question marks on their offense. I think they probably could stand to start uh, revamping that offensive line. So um, the guy that played left guard for him all year pretty much, uh, I believe it's Denzel Good. He's a free agent. They're most likely trying to get him back. They have Rich Young Cognito at that position on contract, but he's old and couldn't play all year. They'll probably cut him to save some money. Uh, They have aging players at right guard and center. Trent Brown's aging and quite possibly the most expensive right tackle in football. And Colton Miller has, he's okay at left tackle. He's looked better, but there's clearly a hole at the left guard, but there's holes everywhere on defense (laughs) yeah yeah that's the thing the raiders can't continue to build uh strictly in the trenches which is why i don't have them taking an edge rusher here they have they've drafted a ton of guys i mean Farrell, crosby they they have guys on that defensive line what they don't have and, and they still need an edge rusher i think they can get that a little later in the draft but what they don't have is a really good dominant off-ball linebacker and Michael Parsons is sitting here at 17. I know I've talked about possible character concerns. We're going to go into this assuming that those are not an issue. Um, I I think that there's a lot of discussion going on about that. Uh, And what I saw today is that if the allegations were true, a lot more would have come out last year. Uh, So it's it's tough to see it. That's been my kind of thing, but I'm also I, I as much as I want to believe the good in people, 
I've almost been dumbed down to learn to not do that to an extent, but I will yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt. And like you said, if it was something so awful, which it still could be, I don't want to mm-hmm. take light yeah. of the situation, but if it was really, really bad, something probably would have happened by now or it will happen before the draft. So I think questions will be a little bit answered. He is a yeah. tremendous linebacker and he's a great blitzer. So you could use him as some sort of 3-4 edge. Uh, also, just an outside linebacker stand-up. I don't really think he's a middle linebacker in the NFL, but their new DC needs a stand-up 3-4 edge to pair along with Max Crosby. They don't really have that right now. Uh, Farrell might end up... I don't know what they're going to do with him. He's just basically did nothing. This will be their yeah. best first-round pick of the last three years. Yeah. Hopefully they use him properly because, like you said, he's he's more a rusher than he is a I, coverage linebacker. I so he's a I, run, I know. He, he is a he's an attack the line linebacker. Yeah, for sure. Whether that's blitzing, whether that's rushing out the edge, whether that's a run stop, I think he's an outside linebacker. I think he's a great pick. Uh, yep. Moving on to the Dolphins at eighteen, this is an awfully hard pick. Thanks to you, you gave mm-hmm. him the best offensive lineman in Penny Sewell. Their offensive line is arguably fixed. So, moving past that, everyone knows they need some new blood at wide receiver. They also could probably use a little bit more dominant edge. They could use a D-tackle, use a safety. Definitely don't need a fucking quarter. Possibly a linebacker if you want to kind of real tool that. Could use a running back, technically. I mean, we're going down a huge list here, but I think wide receiver is where they go. The question with how the sport has fallen is who. And their top two are clearly Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, who are both outside big guys that kind of jump for the ball and don't really get a lot of space and release. Uh, So, and all their, oh, sorry, I forgot to point this out. All of their short guys, slot guys, are cut candidates. Uh, So they're probably able to keep one of those. So let's get another electric guy in here. This guy's getting mocked sometimes all the way up to 11 with the Giants. I'm going to have him at 18. Kadarius Tony out of Florida, kind of a do-it-all guy, definitely more of a gadget player. Speed, speed, speed. I think he fits what they need, and he's a quick outlet for Tua, while the other two are going to need a little bit more time to win. So, And he's a little bit more of a gadget player, so I think he fits what they need. Um, he, he fits the roles that uh, other guys like Devata played at Bama for Tua. So I think it fits perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the ideal situation. Uh, I, I, think... I don't have him as a first rounder. I want to point that out, but neither do I. It says this in the league right now is he's a first rounder and Bateman isn't. I think that's stupid, but uh, <laughs> and that will prove to be stupid. Yeah. But that's where we're yeah. at right now. I mean, ideally, like you said, he does fit uh, a little more what Tua needs, I guess. But, you know, if I'm doing this, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm probably taking Rondell Moore and just sprinting to the podium. Uh, yet another guy that is viewed as a second rounder that is a top five receiver for me. <laughs> yep, same. And we have been generally right in that process. So I'm going to stick with that. But I think Tony fits. Yeah. I think they could take a different position and wait till the top of the second to pick a wide receiver, see who falls. Then you take Rondo Moore or Bateman if they're there or Tony, if he's there or 
Dami Brown. I mean, there's a lot of people there, but they take the one they want here. So yeah, for sure. All right, number nineteen, the Washington Football Team. We talked about the Sam Darnold trade, so Sam Darnold is their franchise guy, which is why they're not taking Mac Jones. Uh, they do have, you know, their defense is I, very very good. I will say they also extended uh, Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. yeah. Two-year, eight million dollar deal, depending on playing time. Really, I think bringing in a guy like Darnold, you're going to cut Alex Smith regardless if he's back or not. <laughs> like his contract is just too big. His contract was for him to be their starter, their guy, ultra healthy. I think you cut him and bring him back at a cheaper deal. And I, I for I mean, they gave him the chance. I think he stays personally, but yeah. he knows he's not worth that money. So now you have you have a well well now you have a veteran in him possibly the coach but yeah. he's around you have Heineke to take a shot on you got Red Haskins you have Kyle Allen technically to take a shot on but I think he's like a restricted free agent too so they could Un- lose him unrestricted yeah but here we have him bring in their savior Sam Darnold uh who I truly think can really win on this team yeah well i mean he can definitely do what alex smith did so uh but yeah it it definitely eliminates the need for a quarterback here because that would be redundant and stupid they do have a need at at the linebacker slash nickel slash uh kind of edge rusher kind of just a they don't need no 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 no. they don't need to tackle their linebackers aren't good they're Corners and safeties are good to decent, but they could be improved. Yeah. And then, then their biggest thing past them is maybe O line, and then a secondary receiver to pair with Terry. Yeah, I still have faith in Gandy Golden to do something next year. Personally. They have like three guys that people have faith in, so I think you bring in a guy. Well, now in the third round, uh, whoever's left, or you take a tackle and you go for another body in the fourth. Yeah, but. The pick here, I haven't even said his name yet. Uh, we've been talking about Sam Darnold for so long, but it's Jeremiah Usukoromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame. He does fit just kind of – they need chess pieces on defense. They've got their their pass rush that's just absolutely dominant, and now they need a guy that can come uh, scoop up the, the scraps, essentially, that can kind yeah. of get – against the, the football team, teams are going to be throwing quick um, – Dump offs essentially because the pass rush is landing so quickly, and Owusu Koromoa can run those guys down. So, yeah, and I, I believe he, he's clearly an outside linebacker. Uh, he's actually the opposite in a sense of uh, Michael Parsons. He's not a very good blitzer, but he is a great cover. He actually played nickel corner, I believe, like 30% of the time because yeah. he's not a middle linebacker. So, when you're nickel, it's yeah. middle linebacker. <laughs> But yeah. he moved outside and he could cover tight ends and slots. Uh, maybe slots not to the greatest degree, but he could definitely cover tight end. He's perfect for what they need with that D-line, in my opinion. Yep. For sure. All right. Uh, now, this is the Eagles pick, technically, because it was the Bears, but the overwhelming rumors, while the Bears are growing impatient, they are going to be trading uh, for Carson Wentz for this 20th pick. And what looks like they offered like a fifth or a fourth, we did uh, the Bears trading the 20th pick and a conditional 2024th. 
And if Carson Wentz plays, t- starts in 10 or more games, it becomes a third in 2022. Uh, so this is now the Eagles pick and the Bears now their quarterback. Hopefully the future that they could try and fix, even though they have a depleted wide receiver room now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we are trading this again to the Ravens, actually. Um, we, with the recent, obviously, today news of Orlando Brown Jr. demanding to play left tackle, so he wants to be traded um, because he wants more money. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. He's good enough to play left tackle. That's not even a question. We didn't work out where he would go, but the Ravens are coming up to draft his replacement, um, and they are trading the 27th pick and a third rounder and then a third rounder this year uh, mm-hmm. for the 20th pick. So Ravens on the clock, which is Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, this got all convoluted because of all it the did. trades. But uh, <laughs> so we actually, I think, made this pick together. But it's Christian yeah. Darisaw, the tackle out of Virginia Tech. He's a guy that uh, he's definitely a, a mauler in the running game, which is exactly what the Ravens need. Yeah, I do think there's another right tackle that does make a little bit of sense there. Uh, but I'll get to talk about him in a few picks. Darisaw, I think he does have a little bit of limitation in pass protection. But like I said, I think the Ravens are still going to build around the run because why wouldn't they? They have a quarterback yeah. that can't really throw. So um, <laughs> you've got to be able to <laughs> win on the ground, and Darisaw can definitely help you in that. Oh, for sure. He he's a perfect day one starter, right? Tackle for him. I they probably are getting a first or second for Brown, if not a little bit more. If it's a second, it's probably second plus, but probably a first. I don't know where that is right now. I didn't want to get into it after all the other trades we did. Um so the at 27, I think they would try and figure out edge or wide receiver, but now that they are such a dominant run team, they know they need to replace Orlando Brown. So at 20, they're doing it. And whatever the pick they get, they're going to help. Because in the second, they're picking an edge and a wide receiver. <laughs> yep. Out of a third. All right. Very 21 true. is actually me because the Colts traded up with the Falcons. And perfect pick for this new Falcons team, Najee Harris. Plain and simple, sprint to the board. Actually, don't even run, don't even run up the card. Just fucking frisbee that bitch. Hopefully. <laughs> Goodell could catch it with his teeth or something cool, but this is going straight to him. It's Najee Harris, the perfect one beast of Derrick Henry, except he could actually catch the fucking ball. This is perfect for what they're you going to want to run. Derrick Henry cannot catch the ball. He can catch the ball. They just don't. He can catch the ball with a boss. That's yeah. Yeah, Najee does have better hands. I will say that he's not as good of a runner though, in my opinion. People with one hand can catch it on a toss. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, Najee makes a lot of sense to the Falcons. I think it's like, obviously, they can't pick him at four, right? Like, if they stay. They can't. They can't. <laughs> we, this was pretty much between the Patriots and the Colts. Colts were going to offer more because it's later. So that's the pick we went. I think if I was at 15, this pick would still be Najee. It would have been close with Horn on the board, but it's still probably been Najee for me. He fits just so well. I think ETN fits to an extent, but I think the next best would be Javante. Yeah. And then you're playing this weird game because you can't pick him at 35, most likely, which I think is their second round pick. 
So yeah. you're waiting till whatever you traded to in the second round, possibly, or the start of the third. He might be gone by then. Fuck it. You're getting the best back anyways, Najee Harris. <laughs> yep. And you're on the clock again. Yes, I am. And it's going to be Gregory Rousseau for the Titans. This is kind of along the lines. It's just what they do. They need an edge. I, they, they need an edge. They need a big edge. They have Harold Andrews really good, but he's kind of a mixture between 3-4 and 4-3. Russo is fucking not. He is an all-traits guy, but he's a 4-3 edge. And a 3-4 system, he would be more towards the like the 3-tech edge slash D-tackle. This is definitely not that kind of system. It's a mixed system, but it's more 4-3 in my opinion to the most part. Russo fits perfectly, and he doesn't have to be the dominant guy day one. He could continue to learn. Landry has a great number two with him then, perfect foil. He's a bigger guy on the opposite side. You're going to still double T Landry, but after game five, are you? Because <laughs> right. Rousseau is going to be blazing off that side. Mm-hmm. I think it fits perfectly. I think Ojolari would fit as well. Yeah. Uh, but then that's more of the same as Landry. And I tend to try and look for a little bit different. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a fair assessment. Ojolari is my edge one. So obviously, I, I probably would have picked him a long time ago personally uh if i ended up with a team that needed an edge rusher but um russo makes some sense for sure uh 23 the new york jets are on the clock again uh yeah they they need a lot of things edge rusher i think receiver is definitely a need but we had them take justin fields they drafted makai beckton last year they still have a need at right tackle i know they have uh george fant uh, but I don't care about George Fant, uh, especially Fant, when Fant is cuttable and he could also play guard. Yeah. And he doubles as a tight end sometimes because he's a, an athletic dude. So, um, yeah, which is probably better than their current tight end room. So fuck it, fuck send him over. Um, but because of that, this pick to me is a guy who can maul in the run game and there are workable traits uh, in pass protection, and it's Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. Uh, I'll tell you what, Tevin Jenkins literally, literally popped out on film. I Normally, like when I'm watching players, I get zoned in. I was watching a Tylen Wallace game, and I, or yes, I was watching Tylen Wallace, and then I noticed, I was like, oh, Joseph Osai's on this. It was the Texas game. And I was like, Joseph Osai should be doing something, right? Why is why are they just freely throwing every play? So I started watching the offensive line, and it was Tevin Jenkins just putting the freaking clamps down on Joseph Osai, who is widely regarded as like a fringe first-round guy, probably back end of the first, but that's still an NFL-level talent. Tevin Jenkins said, no, not today, son. And so Tevin Jenkins is a first-round player for me. He is my OT2. Uh, and so I know that's that's one of my my signature hot takes that Tevin Jenkins is better than Rashawn Slater, but I think he's a perfect fit for what the Jets want to do. You also like you also are in a weird position with Slater, where not not like you specifically, but everyone where you it's harder to grade him as a tackle. Uh, it's harder to grade him as a guard because you really don't know which way he's going to go. So yep. he could. He could be a contention for tight end or tight end tackle one or two. Uh, he could be the guard one 
or at least worst case of contention. So yeah. I actually sure. I don't have a great on Jenkins yet, but I didn't watch him because of Wallace. I actually watched him because of Chuba and he was definitely the best lineman by far. And I did watch that Texas game and he did a great job. Yeah. He's a beast. And I think he'd be perfect to protect Justin Fields. So all right. We'll Moving to twenty fourth the Steelers, if they have this pick, I don't know what's going on with them. Apparently, Ben's going to restructure. That does not actually mean take a pay cut. Uh, <laughs> Just spreading he, it out over years, probably. Yes, he is the highest paid quarterback as of right now, and they, as of right now, can't afford to uh, leave the building at all. I, I think, I think they mm-hmm. also have to turn the lights off when they're there. Uh, <laughs> they're in true. such a terrible situation because of that situation. They're most likely going to have to cut Joe Hayden. Um. So while they do possibly need another tackle, while you could take Travis Etienne here, try and figure out the running back room, I think you could wait on that. And you drafted a guy in the third round last year, McFarland. So you obviously have some belief in him. Maybe. So then it comes down. Some people would pick Edge here, like Ojolari, but they kind of drafted that replacement last year at Highsmith, and he has a replacement that played decently well. So I think they're decent enough there. Linebacker room has tons of depth. I mean, we're so we're getting to the position where it's either safety or corner or tackle, or you draft another receiver, which they don't draft a guy this early. So I'm going corner. I'm going a few two Melifonwu, uh, the cornerback out of Syracuse. I actually love his tape. I was kind of fighting for him with Christian for a bit to be the back end of the first year uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, he started to watch a little bit more tape. This guy's getting a lot more traction now. He is going to be a first rounder. It's a lock, in my opinion, because well, of the corner need at the back end of this draft. And Steelers is a good fit because they're going to probably lose two corners. So yeah. bringing in a stud here that can kind of play all around, but it's a good outside corner. Well, and as good as the Steelers defense was, corner was not. I mean, no. corner was okay. They they sufficed, but Minka was the reason that their secondary played well. 100%. And their pass rush landing was the reason why their secondary <laughs> played well. So uh, definitely makes sense. I think I think yeah, I gave good... you pushback on this because I wanted the yeah. Browns to get him. <laughs> yeah, well, Browns lucked out, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, now, now you got the Jaguars, and we fought about this for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So this is a pick. It's actually been in two of my mocks. I so this. I've only put out two mocks, so I have not put out a single mock draft except our first mock draft on this show where I didn't have Baron Browning as a first-rounder. Well, you You didn't have the pick, so. It's fair. However, so Randy does not agree with this evaluation of Baron Browning. He thinks Eh. he's second-round player, day-two guy for sure, right? Yeah, I think he's a second-rounder, but I think he's mid to top, which means he can go in the first. I mean, that's just how that works. So my thing with Baron Browning is you've got a former five-star recruit that was played out of position for for most of his collegiate career. You've got a guy who switched to his more natural position as an outside linebacker and was put into coverage a little bit more and was actually asked to, you know, fill yes. yes, yes, to to be more of an edge rushing linebacker but that could still drop back into coverage and he looked outstanding in 2020 the reason i keep coming back to this is urban meyer knows all of this he 
He yeah. freaking recruited him. Uh, I think the Ohio State tie is definitely going to be there at some point in this draft. And I think Urban Meyer is going to go get guys that he knows. Baron Browning might not be even the best linebacker I have on my board. I, I might have Zayvon Collins ahead of him. I don't remember right now. I do think that there's a very, very good chance that the Jaguars take him because they have. We talked about the need at linebacker too. I know you think that they need a tackle, which is very, very justifiable. Yeah, I know um, they need to tackle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, yeah, they, if they bring back Robinson, they technically have two starting tackles. They love Jawan Taylor, but yeah. that's also the old regime. Um, so I, I think they do need a tackle. I think they need a tight end. I think they probably need a receiver. I don't think they need a running back really, but like they need an outside linebacker probably. Yeah. I mean, Miles Jack is the all around guy. Uh, Joe Sherbrooke's the run stopper, barely able to pass coverage. Obviously, mm-hmm. Browning's more of a pass coverage blitzer, but we, I mean, we saw all week at the Senior Bowl and the Senior Bowl itself where he was mixing it up in almost every run play. He was the best Ohio State linebacker of the day by far. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can make an argument for Hilliard. I did like Hilliard. Hilliard was good, but he just wasn't as effective all around. That's the thing. So it fits. It does. It's just more, in my opinion, it's a need, but it's more of a lower end need. But it's a fit with the coaching staff and everything, so I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we go to the Browns, and they need secondary help. Uh they could possibly use another receiver. They need edge help for sure. They might need a D tackle. Uh, they could use probably a, a coverage linebacker. Best player here to fit all of those is these Ojalare at edge. In my opinion, a very good, uh, maybe not perfect, but very good foil to uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, thank you. Wow. What the fuck? I, I kept trying. Dexter Dexter Lords popped in my head for some reason. <laughs> but Miles Garrett. I I understand Miles Garrett though. <laughs> uh, he he does really well. I think he'll actually play really well with Shelton Richardson as well, uh, because Ojolari isn't really a run stuffer. Uh, he's kind of a speed edge more type. I mean, yeah. that's more of what his fit is. I think he fits perfect uh, to kind of replace Vernon who. Really was winning off a technique and effort because he kind of lost a step, in my opinion. He definitely lost a step now. Um, and he's going to be ever had a step. He had a step for the Giants, I'll tell you that. Hmm. But now, this is a, a speed guy that doesn't run out of breath. I think this is a perfect foil for Garrett. I mean, I don't think, I think Rousseau fits because it's the same type of athlete as Garrett and he can learn from Garrett and be all those traits could become a thing. I think there's other guys that fit here as well, but Ojalare is going to be high in my ranking. So and fall into 26 to the Browns. They need help there. Yeah. My one thing with Ojalare is you look back just one year and you've got, uh, Caleb on chase on in that draft. Uh, so Ojalare to me is a better, more productive, version of chase on i think they're they're very very similar i think ojalari is a little uh bigger than chase on was yeah uh, which is but, why he fits a little bit better with a 4-3 scheme right for sure yeah i think ojalari de- definitely has some versatility though if if they wanted him to play uh 3-4 
outside linebacker, I I think he could do it. Uh, it's not he's not he's definitely going to take a hit in terms of how I value him if that's the scheme he goes to. But I yeah, I think he could do. Browns it. is a great fit for him though, especially yeah. and he's going to get a lot more love after what he did to Cincinnati down the stretch and basically yeah. winning the game for him. Uh, <laughs> I mean he he really did so. Yeah. You're on the clock again. Shit, it's the Eagles. All right. Uh, they made a show at the Ravens. They already got Jamar Chase. Well, I do think they could use another receiver. You can't go back-to-back receivers here. So it's either you figure out what you're doing with the offensive line and pick maybe a tackle here. Uh, there's a good chance you're cutting Derek Barnett, so you might need an edge. But Ojalari just went. There's other edges that fit, but you fucking need corner help. You just do. And there's kind of a mixture of best corners available here for other people. We talked to Eric Stokes this week. He showed a lot of love for uh, Eric Crocker. You mean Eric Crocker? Sorry. And he, he showed, showed a lot love of for love Eric for Stokes. Eric Stokes. <laughs> uh, I, I literally, I was like, I know that's wrong. Why is it wrong? <laughs> um, but he also loved Tyson Campbell. And that's who I'm going here uh, in their division. I think a guy with good technique and size is a good fit. Uh, I think Stokes is a guaranteed two or three corner. He'll never be the one, but he can kind of flip in between inside outside. I don't think you really need that for the Eagles. I think you just need to solidify a secondary outside corner to pair with Slay and get size because they're probably going to avoid Slay. So you're going to want a guy that has good technique and can win at the catch point. And that is. Tyson Campbell. I mean, it's just yeah. plain simple. He has good film. Uh, shockingly, plays well for a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things Croc talked about. I I was telling you, I don't see it as much with Tyson Cam- Campbell or Eric Stokes, but you know, I'll I'll definitely uh, have to revisit their film just based on our, our last episode that you should still go check out after you're done with this one. Facts. Randy, you're on the fucking clock again. Fuck! <laughs> so we decided this pick is either this pick's Mac Jones. Right now, Saints are on the clock. So the conversation then became would we give it to the 49ers, Patriots, or Saints? We just stuck with the Saints because we weren't sure what either of those teams would give up. The other those teams need other things as well. Yeah. Uh, one of them actually already has a quarterback. Uh probably at least right now, I'd say better than Mac Jones. So Mac Jones to the Saints because I predict they're going to be outbid for Jameis by just a little bit, not a ton. I think they bench Jameis in favor of Taysom Hill, to, and it kind of pissed him off because I mm-hmm. think they did it more to keep him cheap. Exactly. So, in yeah. uh, you got there's going to be a team out there that's like, okay, they're offering him three, four million. Let's offer him fucking six. Let's offer him six, see if he can explode. All right, so what's going back, Jones, to the Saints? Yeah, they have a definite need at quarterback, that's for sure. Taysom Hill isn't the fucking answer. Um, well, in this way, you, you have Taysom Hill on a one-year deal left. Essentially. Uh, He's got a couple extra years, but his, his it, dead cap is nothing. Yeah. So. so fucking, if you want, give Taysom Hill the full year. Do it. You're you're not going to be that good, in my opinion. Uh, he'll be a good fantasy quarterback because he'll run in a couple touchdowns. Uh, but you have a guy to turn to for the future. Very true. 
All right. The time is now. Deami Brown, Truthers, Green Bay Packers are on the clock. Randy, you told me, you said, the Packers don't value receiver. And I said, they don't. you're right. They traditionally do not. However, I think that this whole Aaron Rodgers playing games bullshit, I, I think that's going to force their hand a little bit. Because I think uh, overall, I mean, the, I can name probably 20 receivers that are better than MVS and EQ St. Brown and probably even Alan Lazard in this, uh, in this draft. Maybe not 20 for Lazard, at least, because uh, I think Lazard definitely will keep a role. But imagine getting Deami Brown, quite potentially the best field stretcher in this class, with Aaron Rodgers to just be the guy to actually run down the field and catch the damn ball, unlike MVS. MVS did it at times throughout the year, but uh, Deami Brown is definitely, he's got a great release. He, I know people say that he's more than just uh, a deep threat. I think that's kind of the case, but I also think that if he's on the Packers, that's what he is. Um, I wanted to mention, too, we mentioned it on the last episode, uh, and I believe Ryan put it in his article, but Yami Brown just gained a fuck ton of weight. He gained 12 pounds. We need to see him run. If he lost any speed, that's going to suck. But if he kept that speed and gained all that weight, he's going to be in, in my opinion, in contention for this, this back end of the first. Yeah, possibly. Uh, honestly, worst case with Dwami Brown, he's going to be a more consistent MVS, so a better mm-hmm. player. Uh, yeah. And MVS was their field stretcher this year. He did hit on a few occasions. He also dropped a good amount, So, and he ran bad routes a good amount. Uh, I think this is a clear upgrade. Maybe you're right. Maybe they'll finally work to the position because of Rodgers being like, okay, this isn't fucking bullshit, even though he could have won the game. I mean, I mean, he could have won the game, but he didn't. So uh, yep. he, he has gotten a lifeline <laughs> to not take all the blame for one, one year. Uh, so maybe he'll be able to catapult that into a wide receiver in the first round. Hopefully. Uh, but him. they're probably losing Aaron Jones, so we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they draft a running back. I mean, they, I they really think... love A.J. Dillon. Well, the only reason they draft a running back is if they lose Air Jones and Williams. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to need another running back, basically. But they don't draft one here. Maybe the second round, probably the third. Um, so, yeah. At cool. 30, for me, Tyson Campbell off the board. I think it's between Asante Samuel and Eric Stokes uh, for the Bills. But, uh, and they could use edge help because they got no pressure on the Chiefs. They couldn't cover the Chiefs in the secondary. <laughs> and they couldn't move the ball. And Josh Allen's running for his life on the offensive side. So I gave him Samuel Cosme, who, in my opinion, should probably be gone before this. <laughs> yeah. He's very good. And I think it's a good fit. I think he can be a day one starter for you. He's not that versatile. Like he could play guard too. I think he could, but it's he's a tackle. So let's just do it this way. Cosme fits perfectly. You're protecting Josh Allen. He doesn't have to run as much. I know a lot of people want ETN here. You've drafted a running back day two, I believe, the last two seasons. 
if not early day three. Uh, but uh, if no, you're going to draft another one, it has to be in that round. It has to be day three, late day two. You can't you can't waste that pick here. You have actual holes to fill. You are a Super Bowl contender. You're you've made it, Bills, but you've made it. You need to protect your quarterback of the future. Let's yeah. see what we could do. The thing about the Bills is I think their interior offensive line is really bad too, but there's really not a ton of guys that make a lot of sense here, I think. And there's there's you'd have to almost reach to get an interior offensive lineman here to an extent. Uh second round, third round, you don't. There's there's plenty there. They all fit those rounds. You're not reaching at all. So yeah. you can you can fill the other holes later. Yeah, we'll see. And in th- their contention, uh, they have to move around some pieces clearly. But their contention to get a guy like Richard Sherman to fill that other uh, cornerback position because they're a, a true contender that need a cornerback too. He would fit great alongside uh, Tredavious White. So, I mean, there could be a hole filled there. They could sign one of those seventeen thousand edges in free agency, fill that hole. Let's fill the offensive line here. Yeah, I'm down I with it. You. I hate you for this pick, by the way. Even yeah, have- <laughs> yeah. The so 31st pick is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I did look at this as like a trade back scenario. I think that there there's a lot of different ways the Chiefs could go. I know a lot of people after watching the Super Bowl say, "Oh, they need tackle help." They don't though. Uh, Eric Fisher should be back next year. Mitchell Schwartz could, will be back. You could improve left tackle, but. You have a guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it was definitely heightened because they were playing their backup left tackle that was dog shit before he got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I've been saying for all season they needed interior offensive line help, though. Also, yeah. They definitely need that as well. But like we just talked about with the Bills, uh, they it, it, it's a reach at this position. Uh, what's not a reach is Rashad Bateman, my wide receiver one coming off the board as the sixth wide receiver in this class. Um, Randy's wide receiver two. Rashad Bateman has the smoothest release in this class. I don't want to hear any different from anyone else. Uh, you can tell me that Dante Smith has a better release. I will tell you you're crazy. I think Rashad Bateman can win in so many different ways. I think he offers something that the Chiefs really don't have, which is a really, really good possession guy that just gets wide open. Um, and the Chiefs would be perfect, a perfect fit for him because they know how to scheme their wide receivers open. I mean, uh, or they're creative enough on offense. Obviously, like that would suck for fantasy having Rashad Bateman to the Chiefs because he's the third option at best. But yeah, but they don't have a consistent third option and they clearly needed it in the Super Bowl because even Kelsey was dropping passes. They were not letting Hill win and they knew that Watkins and Pringle and (laughs) Robinson couldn't do shit. So they barely, they barely covered them. Yeah. And then they they, let balls go through their fucking hands and hit them in the face mask. So, yep. And even Hill did that. But so very true. Rashad Payman. It fills the need of replacing Watkins. They're probably going to have to cut either. I don't remember if they're both free agents or they need to cut one of them, but Pringle or Robinson. Um, so you're you're filling that third spot easy, and you're building for the future because let's be fucking honest. 
Uh, Mahomes is only going to cost more and more. The cap will go up and up, but so does Kelsey's age. So does Hill's age. They're yeah. going to need a reliable option about the end of this contract. And I think he will be a top end wide receiver. I'd be, if this happens, where does he go in rookie drafts? Because I jokingly was like, oh, he's being picked third overall now, but that (laughs) won't happen because he would be the third option. But I think he'd probably, in my opinion, be worth a first round pick in a rookie draft. Easy. Uh, He's still the third option for a team, but it's prolific offense. I mean, I would pick Devonta, probably Waddle, obviously Jamar Chase over him, but I, I mean, he's. I'd pick I him above it. Tony, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I I'm trying not to waste situation as heavily. I'd probably pick Bateman still first. <laughs> All right. Well, what's wrong with soft Buccaneers? Super Bowl champions, drunk as fuck. Um, <laughs> they probably won't have a needed edge, um, because I think they're gonna. I think them and Shaq Barrett are going to work together to bring him back. And then it kind of came down to us between Chris Godwin and Levante David. They're probably going to only be able to bring one of them back. We decided there was going to be David to keep pairing with Devin White and have the most dominant linebacker group in the fucking league. Sue has a chance to be back, but even if he's gone, that leaves the biggest need. Technically wide receiver, but it's offensive tackle to really solidify that on the opposite side of Tristan Wirfs, who played incredible. Um, and should then rookie of the year votes. Yeah, he should have gotten votes for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then they need someone on that left side, though. They kind of, it's just not, they just didn't have great performance from that left side. Their guards are good. Their center's pretty good. Let's get them a left tackle here. And then D tackle obviously makes sense, but it was a little bit of a reach. Some say this is a reach for my tackle. I think Leatherwood, original grade before Senior Bowl week, would have been the pick here. Um, but he's kind of falling slightly down the board. I think Mayfield's probably the most athletic tackle left here. So that makes sense. But he's got a lower floor to start. The highest floor to start of this group is Liam Eikenberg to me. Probably the lowest ceiling of the group, though. But he is a day one star for you. He is a good talent. He could play your left tackle. He'll be a better left tackle than you have right now. And you keep Brady protected for another year. And you have Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller to make up the void for Chris Godwin. Just another fucking receiver. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> later. Do it later. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It makes some sense. I do think that we probably could have standed to flip. Dylan Radins into guard because of what happened at the senior bowl and maybe give him to one of these teams that needs one. He plays uh, both. I still, he's the best versatile guy left, but I still yeah. think he is a second round guy. I do too. I, I do think too. he could fall all the way to the very top of the third, but I think he's a second round guy. Yeah. All right. That'll do it. I'm not going to read off the, the picks just because of all the trades that happened, uh, it would just take far too long. We've already gone a little long. So uh, hopefully you followed along. Trevor Lawrence did go one overall. I do want to specify that as the resident Justin Fields truther. Um, and speaking of which, like I said at the top of the show, make sure you guys go check out the Justin Fields QB1 article. Go check out the Diami Brown article. 
go check out the website. We've got a lot of cool things on there. So yeah. um, uh, check if you didn't listen to our last show with Croc, check that out. Great yeah. cornerback coverage there. And vote on the Friday fix because you're listening to this on Thursday, probably even Friday. That's on Friday. We want more votes so we can get, I mean, we want to do the teams that you guys want. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Randy, do you have anything to add? Before we go? 